1: Oh man, so excited to be back and I love this time of year You probably can't already tell that, uh, you know, my gosh Today as well, I am so excited because we're going to be talking about Rogue One Which if you can believe comes out this week At least in our area, Thursday is kind of the big deal Uh, I mean, who's excited, right? Who's going? Who's going? Some of you are like, I hate Star Wars I'm not into that Star Wars crap Ugh dude we're gonna have fun all right friend of mine is gonna be joining me here (laughs) to talk about rogue one but more by the way too so even if you're not a star wars fan we will talk more so don't worry more coming on that but something i've noticed especially this time of year is how important it is to look marvelous whether or not you feel marvelous right doesn't matter as long as you look good right i mean is that let's rock it
0: Hey, I'm going to give you to the count pen ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead.
1: One, two, ten. Yeah! Woo! It's The Real Brian Show. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Thanks for joining me. Oh, my gosh you know i really don't believe that you guys are filthy animals at all uh well i mean some of you might be in, in which case okay thanks for listening um always a pleasure to have you know members of the uh, animal species listening because well you know it's it's cool right the real brian show transcends the human spirit or the human species i don't even really know what i'm talking about right now but uh, hey hey thank you suddenly though i'm uh, i'm craving a pizza I don't know. I'm going to have fun. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to those of you who are supporting The Real Brian Show through Patreon. I just want to, I mean, honestly, I I say thank you every week, but it's very important and I want you to feel honored because you guys honor me very much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Helping to keep this thing going. Having a good time. I'm having a great time. I hope you are. I really appreciate you joining me. And one thing that I've been wanting to do is bring out the Facebook group because we do this with Arrow Squad. We have a Facebook group. Not, a, I mean, yeah, I've got the Facebook page. You have to, as a business. I hate, I hate what Facebook's done with it. I am all about actual communication. Like, let's get together, let's get in the same group, and let's have a conversation. So that's what I decided to do: launch a Facebook group, have a little fun with this. Just started adding a few people. I'll be uh, inviting more. As uh, you know, as I think about it, but if you would like to join the Facebook group, get in the conversation. Let's have some fun. It's one thing I love. Like it's as cool as it is to talk to you here on the real Brian show. I want to be able to talk with you as well. So that would be nice. Facebook.com slash groups slash real Brian show. Super easy, but of course the link will be in the blog post and you know, on the website and everything too. So there you go. Join me. This is going to be fun. All right. Now, I uh, I mentioned this, that I'm going to have Nicholas McCarthy on. And I told you that this guy has one arm. He's a concert pianist. He's awesome. What a story. But I'm actually going to have him on next week because I want to wrap up 2016 with something inspirational. And believe me, it's, I mean, it's going to encourage you regardless of who you are or where you're at in life. It's amazing. Um, Now, next week will be the last Real Brian Show episode of 2016 because the following week, the week of the 26, going to take that off not just for me, but also for Emily and Josh, as you know, Emily writes the blog post. Josh takes care of um, some of the editing and production as well as getting all of the awesome, awesome clips together so that I can interview awesome characters, beautiful people. So Emily and Josh, thank you very much. I want to give them some time off as well. And Hey, you know what? It's important to do it. Got to spend time with family and friends. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to return the first week of January. Um, So next week, yeah, we'll wrap up with Nicholas McCarthy and some other fun things. And today we want to talk about Rogue One. And even though, like I said, even though uh, you may or may not be a Star Wars fan, we're going to be talking about some other stuff as well. But I am so excited going this Sunday. I know some of you are going to be going on Thursday and all, but man, I just, you know, I, I got to be honest. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty lucky to be able to go, you know, opening weekend and all. I mean, great kid. Don't get cocky. Who's that? Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Wait, Han Solo. The Han Solo? Hey. It's me. Wow. How are we doing? What are you doing here? That bad, huh? Well, no, no. I mean, everything's great, but what are you doing here? I don't know. Uh, I got a bad feeling about this. I think that's supposed to be my line. Wait a minute. I thought you were dead. That's your imagination. What about all those stories? A lot of rumors. Stories. I'm pretty sure I saw you die. My mistake. Uh, okay, well, sorry. No, I'm sorry, too. So how the heck did you survive? I call it luck. Just luck? It's all a lot of simple tricks and nonsense. Well, sure, but but what did you actually do to survive that? Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. That sounds pretty easy. Easy? You call that easy? I'm impressed. You know, sometimes I amaze even myself. Don't everybody thank me at once. Okay, but, but you're good now? Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here. Now, thank you. How are you? Um, fine. Are, are you okay? All right, pal. You know seem entirely stable not entirely stable i'm glad you're here to tell us these things well okay but why are you on the real brian show because i'm a scoundrel i am excited to have you here don't get excited sorry i'm sorry too okay well well, while you're here thank you for being on the real brian show and it truly is an honor to have you here (laughs) i'm out of it for a little while everybody gets delusions of grandeur well yeah but the real brian show is totally worth it more like suicide what boring conversation anyway did you suck watch your mouth kid you're gonna find yourself floating home hey this is my show look your worshipfulness let's get one thing straight i take orders from just one person me well i think it's time to wrap up our chat then look i ain't in this for your revolution and i'm not in it for you i expect to be well paid i'm in it for the money uh no and besides this show is a revolution so you know suck on that this is
0: ridiculous
1: okay then let's talk about this the new star wars reboot Are you happy with JJ's take on it? You tell that slimy piece of worm ridden filth. You'll get no such pleasure from us. Well, I know a lot of people that uh, would agree with you on that one. I actually kind of liked it, but um, moving on excited for Rogue One. eh?
0: I knew that you were going
1: to say that glad, but are you excited for it? It doesn't sound so bad. Okay. So at one point I heard, you know, you might be in Rogue One as a young man, get some other actor in there, have some fun with that. Um, But I heard that that, uh, well, as far as I know, that, that's not going to happen. Second thought, let's pass on that, huh? Yeah, but it looks like an awesome movie. I mean, wouldn't it be cool to be in Rogue One? I never ask that question till after I've done it. Okay. No rule is worth this. Okay, well, I do have another question for you. Hurry up, will ya? I haven't got all day. Listen, I know that you and Leia have had some troubles recently, and things are better with her? Everything's perfectly alright now. We're fine. We're all fine here. You still love her, right? She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts, kid. I've made a lot of special modifications myself. Did you seriously just say that about Leia? Better her than me. Dude, seriously, you probably shouldn't be broadcasting that around. We'll do it real quiet-like. Wow, that's really disrespectful, man. I know. I gotta leave. I can't stay anymore. Alright. All right, well wow man well thanks for coming on the real brian show really appreciate it you come with us pretty good enough right good you. that's a nice offer thank you i appreciate it i mean yeah i i am pretty good in a fight but you know i've got the real brian show here and i've got some responsibilities we and... will see
0: you in hell yeah.
1: okay well uh there you have it han solo here on the real brian show wasn't really planning on that one but all right well thanks appreciate it if you remember an episode or two ago, I said I wanted to try the cold brew, nitro cold brew coffee. I finally had an opportunity to try it. Whoa, That's delicious! Whoa, Oh! Whoa! I think Santa feels a little buzz. Seriously, it was amazing! Okay, nitro, nitro cold brew coffee. So you've probably had an iced coffee as well, if you drink coffee. That is, you probably had an iced coffee at some point. And you know you can get them at Starbucks and all that, and I've had Starbucks iced coffees, you know, and they're they're all right. They're, uh, you know, uh, I actually like my cold coffee without ice because I think ice waters it down and or makes it too bitter. But of course, it all depends, right? And then you have what you call the cold brew coffee, where they actually have a different brewing method. to To it's awesome, or the toddy. But when they do the nitro thing, it's uh, s- exactly the same, you know, mechanism that they run beer through. So they put it through nitrogen, they put it on tap. And it produces a little head. So it's like cold coffee with a head on it. And it was the best cold coffee I've ever tasted. I didn't even know cold coffee could taste like that. It was super smooth, had like a sweet aftertaste, even though there was no sugar or anything else in it. Not bitter at all. Oh, and it was even refreshing. Oh, good times, though. That was, wow, that was really good. I'm going to be posting uh, a few pics on the blog post here. Um, you know, I'm going to show you coffee with a head on it. And then I'm actually, you know, just for fun. So this is the time of year. As I said, I, we just have so much fun. And Sarah and I really love to celebrate the season through December. It's so easy, as we know, to just get so freaking busy and overwhelmed this time of year. And I started to realize that it's not even that people get stressed out about shopping for Christmas gifts. It's that companies tend to get into this year end sort of mood. And it's it, it's almost like, you know, when you're in school and the professors are just doing their thing and having a good time. And then all of a sudden it's the end of the year and you're like, Oh crap, I got to cram everything in. And all of a sudden they give you, you know, multiple assignments and you got all these quizzes and tests and finals and it's overwhelming. Right? So I, I think that's kind of what it is. It's like, Oh my gosh, it's the end of the year. And, and wow, we got to cram everything in. I don't know. I'm trying to understand really what is going on and why everything gets so overwhelming and stressful this time of year. And I don't, you know what, if I had my way, I would take off two weeks, three weeks, even the month of December if I had my way, which I know that's a lot, but even if I could take two weeks off the week leading up to Christmas and then even the week before that, like this week basically, if I could take off the two weeks leading up to Christmas and then a couple days after, oh my gosh, that would just be amazing because for me, it's like I want to enjoy this time of year. I want to go around and like look at Christmas lights and Um, You know, there's all kinds of musical things going on and and there's, there's, you know what I mean? So much good food and opera in those holiday parties and people just get together and do things. And I don't know what it is about, you know, come January, everybody holds up in their homes and you don't see anybody for the next two months until the Super Bowl, And then everybody gets together again. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, that's not going to happen with me this next year. We're, uh, we're going out on the town. I don't care if it's negative 50 or not. We're going to have fun. Nutcracker. We got to go to the Nutcracker. Something we love doing, you know, as much as we can. Um, but I got to say, this was one of the best performances of the Nutcracker that I think I've ever seen. I've seen some good ones in the past. I've never seen a bad one, but this was amazing. And if you've seen the Nutcracker, you know, the Arab dance where they actually have, you know, doing their dance and everything. This was like almost watching Cirque du Soleil. They were so good. <laughs> it was awesome. Good job, guys. Now, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but... There's just one thing that I I just have to say, and I'm no man should ever dress in tights like that. I'm okay. Moving on Christmas lights. I was thinking about this. It gets dark this time of year, right? You know, the, the darkest day is coming up here, and I man, you know, through Christmas, it's okay because it gets dark at like four something now, but it's all right, right? Because people have their Christmas lights on, so there's still light. There's still cheer. There's still a little bit of joy, you know, even though it's like, man, I just want to go outside and have some sunshine. And it was weird because I think it was 3.53 yesterday driving along and it's getting dark already. And I'm going, this is crazy. Like 3.53 in the summer, you know, it's it's right in the middle of the day. It's hot. 3.53 in the winter, it's getting dark. That's so weird. But like I said, Christmas lights really makes it. And then everybody takes them down on, well, some, some people on December 26th. But, you know, a lot of people take them down by the end of the month. And then it's really dark. Then January hits and there's no light and it's dark. I think, I mean, it's just me, but uh, I, I think we should leave our Christmas lights up. Even just white lights should leave them up until at least March. You could take down, you know, the, the traditional colored Christmas lights, just put up white lights, leave them up into March. Is it just me? We have fun this time of year man. we really do. And it's been cold. We've had some snow, We've had some negative temperatures and we're supposed to get negative temperatures again this week. And of course, you know, the night we're going to go see Rogue One, it's supposed to be, I think, negative seven or negative eight, which is awesome. Oh my gosh, I love it. So I really hate it when it gets into the 30s and the 40s because it's kind of like your body's sort of warm, but your body's cold. And so your body's really not sure what to do. And so you're never really sure if you're cold or hot. So basically, you're just always cold. And then when it's like negative 20, it's like your body knows it's cold. So it's just fighting to stay warm and you really bundle up and and it's nicer. It's easier. I'm probably the only one that thinks that, but I I like it better. I think it's kind of fun, actually. I mean, I know it can be a little dangerous because, you know, those negative temperatures, you're out in it too long. If your heat goes out, I mean, that's kind of a, I get that, but it's fun. It's fun. All right. So let me ask you this What are your favorite Christmas movies? We've been watching Christmas movies. My friend CJ Thunder from last week mentioned that he's uh, never really watched much in the way of Christmas movies. And so I know he's looking for some recommendations. I've probably seen most of them. I would like to hear them. So if you can, you know, send me an email or whatever, or get into that Facebook group like I mentioned earlier and share them on there. I would love to get some good recommendations because there's some that I look at and I go, I don't know if I want to chance my time on that. I've got my classics and I go from there, but curious. All right, let's talk Star Wars. Kyle. From the Tumbling Saber podcast. This guy talks Star Wars all the time. TumblingSaber.com. Go check him out. If you like Star Wars, definitely got to go check out his podcast. We're going to have the the links in the show notes as well. So we are going to talk a lot about Star Wars. So if you're a Star Wars fan, oh man, you're going to love it. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, keep listening though, because we're going to talk around Rogue One quite a bit. So yes, we're going to talk about Star Wars, about the upcoming movie. No spoilers, by the way. Kyle does know some spoilers and, you know, he may hint at a couple things, but he's not going to give anything away that's going to ruin the movie or anything. So don't worry about that. But there are some other things that I believe will still be interesting to you, even if you're not a Star Wars fan. So keep listening, have some fun, you know, and just enjoy. But I, you know, I I need, I need to have a little Star Wars in my life. And some of you are probably thinking um, you have too much already and that's okay. Rogue one time. Kyle, welcome to The Real Brian Show.
0: Brian, thanks for having me. Am I am I really on the same podcast as JLD was once on? <laughs> Is that really happening?
1: You are in good company, my friend.
0: <laughs> or or how the mighty have fallen. Gee, <laughs> but I know that I know, I know that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. JLD's killing it, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: he's like, um, I'm coming after you, Kyle. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: <laughs> it's snowy here given where he is now and where i am he's probably not coming anywhere close
1: no you know and it's snowy here right now so this is great i love this yeah
0: just started. yeah, I, i'm okay with this I, I you know give him give me another month and i'll be fed up of winter but for now i'm okay give me a white christmas and then after that yeah get out of here
1: we had white christmas last year it was awesome it was so awesome That's was actually my first one if you can believe that living in a you know a wintry climate during the winter months um yes anyway point being first white christmas but that's kind of rare. It's got to snow on December 24th or 25th. It has to. And that's kind of a you know, hard thing to predict.
0: It is. And I, I think you probably took our snow last year because we we were nice and green. Oh, yeah. Just sort of a bummer.
1: We've been dry this year and it's been windy. And the fact that we're getting any kind of snow right now is very nice. And I'm so excited. And, you know, it's starting to finally feel a little bit like Christmas. But then you're right. Like come January, I'll be good. Mid-January, I'll be like, okay, end of January, um, I'm moving to Hawaii no way no not really but I mean that's what I'll be
0: <laughs> oh, oh gotcha. I'll be like, get me out of here <laughs> yeah. hey by chance there's this viral video going around yeah I don't, I don't know if it's reached uh, your neck of the woods yet but it, it, it's of these Montreal city buses and, and a police cruiser and a, a snowplow just sliding down the street yesterday and oh. they were just crashing into one another because the ice was just or the road was just sheer ice it was it's hilarious
1: I think I've seen that somebody was playing it last week well, th-
0: this just happened yesterday.
1: Oh, okay, never mind then. So, no, this is the <laughs> one where people were. I think this was actually a town in Colorado. So then, no, this would be a different one.
0: Well, I'm sure it'll make it your way. All right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's too bad for those involved, but uh, for the rest of us, we get to have a good chuckle at their expense. Yeah,
1: and I try to stay off the roads, you know, as much as possible during days like that. I got to ask you this: do you have a do you have like a superhero name or a Star Wars name or you know, call sign? Do yeah. You, do you, you just go by Kyle, or do you have?
0: Yeah, yeah, I really. That that's it. I, I okay. don't have one of those those dorky names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, I'd like. I think I probably would embrace it if it was yeah. if it was a suitable one.
1: Totally. Well, it has to be because you know I like to give people you know their their radio name or their their superhero name. It's it's fun. Uh, what we'll to rough figure, we'll figure this one out? Yeah, a little code name would, would do me some good. I think it would be good. You know, so I mean, you could. Truthfully, be Rogue One because of the fact that you are the utmost expert here on Star Wars, which is why you're on the show.
0: Well, thanks for having me, and I, I, I will talk Star Wars with anyone, anytime, as long as they need to.
1: I'm excited. So you know, you when you do that, you talk Star Wars,
0: and yeah, over at uh, Tumbling Saber, up to episode 54. Wow, and uh, yeah, it's rolling. We're we're doing all right. We've got a little community growing. And, uh, I, I, do it with a buddy and with my brother and we keep up th- with each other that way. And and we have a, a whole ton of fun.
1: So I have to know though, you, you do this kind of stuff, but are you, are you seriously just kind of like digging into the star Wars rumors and the lore and everything else? I mean, have you read all the books and how, how do you keep yourself educated and not, I mean, not just even with the movies, but actually with the whole fandom and extended universe and everything itself.
0: Well, I, I definitely I read as many of, of the new expanded universe stuff. So all the, all the comics and novels that are coming out now they all count as part of the continuity. Whereas uh, previous to a couple of years ago, they did not. Oh, uh, Okay, I didn't. So know. that Disney scrapped all that. So yeah. they've rebooted that, that continuity. And I try to keep up as much as I can. But you know, every month a, a new book is coming out. Oh, yeah. Comics come out every week. I just don't have time or money.
1: Yeah, no, to, I understand. to read
0: it all. I understand. So, but I, I do keep up as much as I can, and, and the great thing about this world we live in is that if, if for the for the stories that I can't keep up with, well, there's this, this great thing called the internet. Yeah, and somebody is bound to post a you know a ten minute synopsis of the book, and so I, I I don't miss anything. I always I always get the major plot points for the stuff that I don't actually buy myself.
1: Yeah, well, that's good.
0: And we have things like the animated series, like Rebels, which is which is ongoing. Oh, that's so good, it's so good. It, yeah. Did you? a TV spot released for Rogue One with a little Easter egg, a major Easter egg oh, embedded in it. It was a 15-second spot, but it had fandom going absolutely nuts.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: fans of Rebels are going to do
1: backflips. Okay, hold on. they haven't seen it already. Where is this? Like a Rogue One TV spot? Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. I mean, they've been coming out almost daily at this point. It's really, really short. They've all been,
0: I think, like 30 seconds, but this one was just 15, and there's one shot... That just it, it sent fandom going oh, wild today.
1: I think I just saw it because I was trying to watch it while you were talking really quick, and I'm like, "Oh, wait, is that it?" <laughs> nope, that's it was of, not
0: of, it. of the rebel. It was of the rebel fleet. I, I, okay. I guess I'll blow the lid off it here. No, it's okay. It's, I'm it,
1: pulling it up here because this is this is fun. There, do you, do you watch Rebels? Um, I'm not caught up, but yes, I do.
0: Okay, so then you're plenty familiar with
1: the Ghost. Yep, there it is. That's actually what I thought. I was thinking like it's got to be the Ghost. It's there, the bottom I, ship, bottom left. Yep. Yes. There it is. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is, that
0: sent fandom for a, a, man, people were just going nuts today. Like, like, they couldn't believe that they would sneak that in there. Even and even if that's all we see. Yeah. It's validation of, of that whole show now that they've, they've crossed that over and there it is. Now, now, hopefully they just, we won't see it get destroyed in battle in that movie because yeah. that would be a, a real sad way for that group to go out. But man, that's exciting. I don't, I don't. I don't really care if we see any of it in Rogue One, aside from that shot. It's it's there, and we know it now.
1: You know, I I love how they're doing this. A friend of mine, Greg Weisman, he's actually one of the creators of Young Justice, and uh, which is the you know animated series of the Young Justice League, right? And they did a run for it, Young Justice, and they finally got approved to come back all these years later, which is so exciting. He's written some books, but he was also one of the writers and executive producers for Rebels, Star Wars Rebels right, um, right. at the beginning in season one. Um, and so I did get a chance to talk to him about that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is such an honor to be on. And he got in there. You know, he, he didn't get a chance to continue. And they do that. They bring people in for seasons and then, you know, they don't renew the contracts or they, they let him go or whatever, you know, whatever the case is. Um, but I think he went on to write the
0: Kanan comic book. It was a 12 part miniseries. I believe yes. he went on to write that, Which it was, that was a great series.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like it, it's amazing how they bounce around, but one of the things uh, when we were chatting, one of the things he was saying was that they did get a lot of approval to, you know, really tie it into the actual canon of star Wars that they got to go through a lot of George Lucas's original stuff, you know, back when he originally put together the first star Wars movie in the, in 1977, When they were filming it and writing it, you know, all of the things that got cut and stuck in a box, you know, like ship designs. That's where they came up with the idea for the Ghost and some of the other ships. Really, really cool stuff.
0: The character Zeb is an old Chewbacca concept.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, they've they've been pulling
0: all kinds of stuff like that out of the hat or out of the box, I guess I should say. Uh, The the concepts of the Ashla, which is the light side of the force, which nobody had really heard spoken about since... George Lucas's early treatments of, of, of a new hope. Yeah. Uh, the Bogan, which is the, the dark side in George Lucas's mind. All, all that stuff is, is, you know, 40 plus years old, but yeah. is only being resurrected now.
1: Yeah. It's cool that they've done that and it's cool that they've tied it together. So like you said, Rebels is going to you know have some kind of a place in, you know, in, in Rogue One and vice versa, which would make sense though. I mean, really, it's the same time and there's a yeah. lot of tie-in, a lot of tie-in.
0: They're they're playing in the, in the same time period more or less. Rebels is a bit is about two years before Rogue One at this point, but okay, yeah, it's it's all in the pre-New Hope, the, the you know the early going of the rebellion.
1: But you know, technically, they could end, uh, you know, when they end Rebels, they could actually have it end right up at Rogue One, you know, the start point, for example.
0: Yeah, they could. I, I think all all possibilities are open. So somebody who works for Lucasfilm said that you know the rebellion doesn't technically end until Return of the Jedi. When, you know, once the empire falls. So mm-hmm. if they wanted to, there, I guess there's a way for them to really get creative and have the the rebels crew working on, on specific missions right through the return of the Jedi era.
1: Yeah. Let's first, let's do this. I'm assuming you're excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Christmas
0: <laughs> is for the second year in a row. Christmas is like an afterthought it's at this time early. of
1: year. <laughs> okay.
0: I, I just got through my daughter's birthday and I don't want to say I mailed it, mailed it in, because I'm so excited for this movie. But uh, yeah, Rogue One is certainly front of mind right now.
1: Nice. Now, And, and that's why I wanted to ask, because I, I feel like so many Star Wars fans were really up in the air about Force Awakens. They were like, we're really excited, but we're nervous. And then, um, I hate to say this, but I actually, you know, I heard people that were saying Star Wars Force Awakens was awesome. They did a great job. Or I hated it. And I hate J.J. Abrams. I've actually had... Avid Star Wars fans say that. So it's kind of like, hmm, all right. So is everybody excited for Rogue One? I mean, I am and you are, but sometimes you kind of wonder, like, are people cautious? There's always going to be that split. You know, I I think I look at at the
0: bottom line where The Force Awakens earned $2 billion and said, yeah, I think they did all right. I think the interest was there. Sure. Blu-ray sales were strong. Interest in almost all the novels that they've released, they've all hit some segment of the New York Times bestseller list. Comic sales are doing well. So yeah, for sure. You're going to have people who I I see them every day, literally every day on, on Facebook, especially people saying that, uh, Disney is, is ruining star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I clearly, I don't agree with that, but, uh, to each their own. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, fandom is fine. It's, it's, it's growing every day. And, uh, there's, there's no, there's no signs that anything is going to slow
1: down anytime soon. Good. Well, I feel like star Wars was saved with the force awakens and yeah, people may have had their disagreements, but let's be completely honest compared to some of the prequels much better. Yeah. I mean the prequel
0: have prequels have their defenders, very passionate ones, but yeah, uh, the force awakens reinvigorated everything. It Mm -hmm. it, it captured everything we, we love about the originals and uh, like thrust the whole saga back in, into the mainstream in a big, big way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No. And I've liked them all. I mean, even, even phantom menace. I even liked, as cheesy and I mean absolutely ridiculously cheesy as it is, I still liked it.
0: Yeah, I, I have very fond memories of that year, that summer that, yeah. where it came out. Oh yeah. Uh, so, there, in in a way, the Phantom Menace is my New Hope because I, I wasn't even born when a New Hope came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first theatrical experience with Star Wars for a movie that I you know hadn't already seen, I, I saw the special editions, of course, in '97. But for a movie that nobody had seen, the Phantom Menace is my A New Hope. Yeah. And it is for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I wasn't born uh, when New Hope came out, but I remember, you know, watching it when I was a kid on VHS, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I remember that sound effect. And I remember what that reminded me of, you know, little things like that. But yeah, I did. um, We went to opening weekend to Phantom Menace as well. And, you know, at the time, we weren't critical. We weren't complaining about it. I think people got more critical. You know, it's interesting. I hate to say this, but you know, you look at like, like you said that it was your new hope and in 1999, yes, there was internet. Yes, there was stuff going on when it comes to that, but news did not circulate as quickly back then. And people's opinions did not circulate as quickly back then. And you know, this is funny because it's only what 17 years ago, but you think about in 17 years ago, people were not chatting on the internet like we are today at all. So, you know, you, you talked with your local community, your friends and family that you knew locally So I I think there was a lot less negativity then. Um, In fact, you know, just talking with CJ Thunder last week, you know, about racism and other things like that. And we talked about that negativity really does breed negativity. And I, I find that with social media and I mean, this happens with arrow and arrow squad all the time. I'll come in and be like, man, I liked that episode. And then on our Facebook group, two people will say, it was okay, but here's my gripe. And then everybody else jumps on that gripe. And then I find myself jumping on that gripe when I'm doing my review, <laughs> even though I would have never, <laughs> I would have never thought that, you know? So I started to realize that I'm like, yeah, we really do get so influenced now. Whereas 17 years ago, for example, we wouldn't have been not like that anyway. So we went to see Phantom Menace. Oh, it was fun. It was great. I enjoyed it. And nowadays we're like, oh my gosh, that's so cheesy.
0: One thing social media does is it makes, it's conditioned us all to look for the hot take the really digestible, tweetable, retweetable, yeah. shareable, hot take. Yeah. You know, in, in one way, it's, it's, it's hilarious and funny sometimes, and, and you can be really concise and to the point. And on the other hand, it just breeds a bunch of people who just have to yell the loudest or say the most obscene thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, let's yell the loudest. Tell me about Rogue One. Just just talk. Talk to me about it. What you're excited about, some theories, etc.
0: One thing I'm really excited for is that it, it, it's unapologetically diving headfirst into the original trilogy era that you and I and so many others grew up with. It, we're yeah. going right back into that era, which, which is really cool. And it looks like they nailed the aesthetic. This, is, this might sound sacrilegious because it's not one of the classics. It's not, a, it's not one of the episodic saga movies. This is the first of the standalones. But I think, it's just based on what I've seen that this will be visually speaking the best Star Wars movie. Just mm. Some of the, some of the c- cinematography and, and visuals they've, they've thrown out there look spectacular.
1: Nice. So, With that said, do you think that they have done less CGI with this one or more?
0: No, I, I think there's just, I, I think that's just the, the nature of the beast now. Okay. They just, for with everything they do, they, they're going to blend the practical with, with computer and, it's going to get so good at some point, very soon, that you just won't be able to tell, and it won't be—it won't be something we talk about. Yeah. But they've Disney and Lucasfilm have have made a concerted effort to whether it's it's true or not, I don't know. But they've they've been very intentional in telling us that they're definitely using more practical effects like they used to back in the day. The narratives to bash on the prequels with was that uh, Lucas used way too much CG. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've taken a stand and saying no, we're going we're going hard on the practical with this, but they still use a ton of computer graphics. Well, sure.
1: I've had this conversation, you know, with you, but also with some other people. That you know, in interviewing Yoda and Chewbacca on the Real Brian Show, um, <laughs> you know, I, as fun as that is, it, it is a little challenging still for me because I'm not used to interacting with a non-person. Right? Interacting with you, you're a real person, much more natural. Same kind of thing from an acting standpoint. You know, if you're if you're fighting a real Thing, it is much more real, much more natural. Or if something genuinely scares you or surprises you, you know the reaction is very natural. But when you're on a green screen, or in my case when I'm talking to Yoda or Chewbacca, you know that kind of thing, you're having to fake your reaction. You're having to fake your emotion and that kind of thing too. Some actors do just fine with it, but I think one thing we did see with Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman was that you know when they were doing their green screens it was very unnatural. Just kind of like, man, it seems so forced versus, you know, uh, when they would do stuff with Ray, um, they had more actual things. Her response and her reaction looked more natural, like it would be with. The yeah. Real you could thing. tell
0: she was making eye contact with whatever it was. Whereas yeah. in, in the prequels, oftentimes you could tell they were not, they couldn't, they weren't, you could tell the actor wasn't focused because there was sometimes nothing there. Yeah. Which would be hard. There's one scene. Yeah. There's one scene in attack of the clones in, in the droid factory where they just kind of said, yep, and Natalie, just you just pretend you're hopping through these machines and jumping over stuff and we'll, we will shape the scene around what you do, which is kind of hard to do, I, yep. I would imagine.
1: That was the scene I was thinking of too. And it looked
0: so unnatural, but you're right. That would be so hard to do. I mean, not that I'm an actor by any stretch, but I, I, I feel like I'd be like, isn't this your job? You tell me where, where to go and I'll do that.
1: Yeah. Like create obstacles for me to jump over and then edit around it.
0: Yeah, wrap those in, in whatever green or blue screen you have to do, do right. and I'll, I'll hop them and you, you apply the graphics.
1: Yeah, you're right. That is their job. That's true. That wasn't hers. <laughs> Interesting. Well, so that's good, though, that they're bringing back a lot of more, a lot of the more realistic types of things. And then, you know, they can polish them with the graphics, of course, with the computer stuff. But to be able to have things that the actors can interact with is a much, man, it's so much more effective, so much more natural for us, even as viewers.
0: K two S O the the big droid that we've seen in in the promos, mm-hmm. voiced by Alan Tudyk. Yeah, they actually had him walking on like foot and a half stilts because this robot that is is seven feet tall. Love it. Uh, so of course, and of course, Jar Jar was also there on set in a in a mocap suit, uh, but this this time as well, they the actors have something to to reference.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, I mean, back to Rogue One. I, I we're getting almost all new characters. We're gonna have cameos from some familiar faces, but. Mm-hmm. For the most part, these are all new characters, and they all look so interesting and, and compelling in, in, in different ways. And we were told you know, from the outset that there's, there's no Jedi in this movie.
1: Hmm. You
0: know, they I painted didn't, this I movie didn't hear as, that. Okay, good to know.: Yeah, this is like at the very beginning. So the, they, they tried to prepare fans as, don't expect lightsabers in this movie. It, mm-hmm. There's no Jedi. This is going to be a, a, a kind of a gritty war piece. So I, I, people are like, "Oh Star Wars without lightsabers. That's going to be weird. So people thought about it and then got cozy with it. And we've seen trailers now and it looks great. But I, you know, I, I think one of, the, one of my predictions for this movie is that it is going to tell us as much, if not more, about the Force and the lore of the Force than, than maybe any of the other movies.
1: We're not going to be talking midichlorians, are we?
0: No, but what's, you know, oh, what's I interesting, I, uh, I, I doubt we'll ever hear that word again. Good. But I think they have found a new proxy uh, for for explaining the force or the nature of the force. And that's that's these kyber crystals. So it's, it's mm. the little mm-hmm. jewels, little gems that the Jedi use to power their lightsabers. Yes. And what eventually powers uh, the Death Star.
1: That's more I in think, tune with the lore, though, because that's stuff. I mean, they've been talking about the, the Jedi crystals for, gosh, ever since I remember. Yeah, for, for years and years and years. Yeah.
0: And we're finally getting deep into that. Rebels is touching on it. Uh, a recent novel that came out is is very much focused on, on kyber crystals and how they Good. go to power power the death star and this i think this movie is going to really explain a lot about the force so if, if you're a star wars fan who really enjoyed the mystical aspects i i think this is going to really uh scratch that itch for you
1: thinking of oh my gosh a star wars movie without lightsabers you have to admit that you know episode 4 a new hope was uh, very minimal on the lightsaber i mean very. luke turns it on luke fights a uh, a
0: little remote thing yeah, that the remote. shoots little, yep. tiny little lasers at him. Yep, you're yeah, right. And, it's,
1: and then, then uh, the quick duel between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan at the end, and that's it.
0: Yeah, a very stiff duel between
1: oh, geez, <laughs> David
0: Prouse okay. who, who had lied, lied through his teeth <laughs> saying that he knew, how to, knew what he was doing, and uh, a 60-year-old Alec Guinness.
1: Yeah, that was perfect. It was just fine. And, and now that I think about episodes two and three, it's like the lightsabers were almost over the top. It almost felt like they relied on them too much. They were cool. They were amazing. But I mean, I never really thought of it like that before until now.
0: Yeah, I really did a one eighty, didn't it?
1: Yeah, but okay. Explain uh, Magic Stickman. Is he a force user? Stickman. Oh well,
0: they've told us no. Mm -hmm. He's he's an interesting character, and I I wrote about him on my site lately uh, because I'm I'm confused in the making of Return of the Jedi book, which is this big tome of a book. George Lucas. In, in conversation with some of his staff during the making of Return of the Jedi, said that anybody can use the Force. It's mm-hmm. not just a select few that were blessed with this ability. It's anybody who... you know. He, he described it as, as yoga. Anybody can do yoga, but you have to really practice at it if you want to become a master. And he, he said becoming a Jedi is the same thing. You mm-hmm. just have to really commit to it. And so there's this blind fellow with the stick... His name is is Chirrut or Chirrut. Uh, we're <clears throat> we're not quite sure yet. Okay. No, but he's 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 blind, and he's devoted his life to the ways of the Force. Mm, but okay. but the powers that be over at Lucasfilm on on StarWars.com have said he he lacks, of uh, Force abilities. So I'm confused. So if anybody is able to become a Jedi, if if you just you know, train hard enough, why isn't this guy a Jedi? I, I, I'm curious to see why that is.
1: They're probably trying to kind of divert any speculation right now by saying that because the way you see, I mean, of course, limited scenes, the way you see him move, if he's blind, you're like, yeah, no, you know what? It might even be kind of a um, he sees with the force and through the force better than most people. Um, So whether or not he's actually a true force user, like, you know, can he force push or shoot lightning or anything like that? It may yeah, be more they, about they may be playing
0: semantics with, with us here, right? Just, sure. Yeah, it, the ability to use the Force the way he's using it isn't necessarily a Jedi thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, hmm.
0: the, yeah, the way we, we've seen him dodging stormtroopers and taking them down, the guy's completely blind. How is he doing this? Yeah. Well, he, maybe he is using the Force or channeling the Force in
1: some way. So, okay, going back to that comment, though, where anybody can use the Force as long as they practice at it, then that totally rules out Rey. No offense, because then that must mean that she is more sensitive because there is no way that she could have wielded that lightsaber and gone up against Kylo Ren at the end of that movie. If she had to just practice at it, cause she didn't have time for that. She'd barely even used a lightsaber before.
0: You're right. Um, I, I think with Ray, we're, t- we're dealing with a different breed of, <laughs> or, or a different level of character. I, I think we're going to learn just how, galactically important she's going to become.
1: Okay. And how, so,
0: how powerful she'll be.
1: So do you have any theories on the, on that? Like, is she, you know, certain people are just more force sensitive than others, you know, for example, or what? Like, what's the theory recently, on practice I versus read it. whatever? Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking me about Ray. Well, um, yeah, I mean her, but not just her, like in general, like what, cause you know, if, if there's that comment about anybody can use a force if they practice, but yet some don't have to do that. What's, is there any kind of a theory that is out there right now about that, which does involve Ray?
0: <laughs> uh, not really. Not, not that I can really speak to with any
1: confidence. Okay. Am I analyzing it too much?
0: <laughs> no. I, well, that, that's what Star Wars fans do best. We, yeah. we look into things where there may not be anything to look at. There's definitely some inconsistencies right now, I think, in, in the canon. And we just have to wait and see how, how they string it all together you're right why, why was Rey able to use the force when she didn't even really know about it yeah yet Shrewd yet has dedicated his life to it but it, they, they tell us that he doesn't use it it's not, there's, there's a clear inversion there hmm. but I'm sure it'll all make sense in the end especially when we learn about where Rey came from
1: did you ever play um, any of the Jedi Outcast games from I don't know 10 years ago 12 years it might have been longer than that now 10-15 years ago
0: no I've you know the weak spot in my Star wars fandom has been the video games hmm. I, play, I played i played the the super NES games I played the n sixty four rogue squadron game I played that to death the the last star wars game I played was on p s two okay <laughs> yeah but I haven't even tried this new battlefront that looks so good
1: yeah well, and I was wondering about the old republic you know how much of that actually is is within the canon as well or if they're just doing that as a completely separate universe but they've done a really good job with story i mean better story i've geez, I've seen story in the old Republic that blows away some of the stuff we've seen in the movies. But,
0: um, well, yeah, there's, there's always a petition going around to make that stuff. Canon. Okay. So it's not yet, not yet. Every now and then they kind of yank something out and, and introduce it in in a, yeah, it's a very sneaky way. Yeah. Which, which similar to what we saw with the, with the ghost Easter egg. Yes. It sends that, you know, that section of fandom just into a tizzy.
1: Well, they've had some interesting, Allusions when it comes to story to um, uh, you know alluding to to what basically you're talking about with some of the comments and some of the inconsistencies and, and they did that actually back in the Jedi outcast game which was very interesting is that people were force sensitive certain people had higher levels of force sensitivity than others and then of course there's the training side of things they actually addressed the crystals in that game and like I said this was I don't remember when it was made but it was early two thousands I think. And they address the force right. crystals and they go to a, a planet that actually has them and they harvest them. And, you know, they're either used for, uh, for Jedis or for the dark side or whatever. And this is actually in the future though, uh, back when they have like the, uh, the, the rise of, you know, new Siths or whatever it is or something like that. It's been a long time since I played it, but they did talk about that. They, uh, they would go to a Valley of, I forgot what the valley was, but which was infused with force crystals. And if you went there, you could get an infusion of the force to basically help you speed along. But there was, you know, of course, consequences and that kind of thing. And it's interesting, but it actually would make some sense with some of the inconsistencies. But I don't know if that's part of the story canon or not.
0: Yeah, it's a good good question. And yeah, some of those video games had some epic stories to them. But now there's there's this whole group at Lucasfilm. They're called the Story Group and there's I don't know how many of them. At least a half dozen of them. The mission of their of that group is to kind of keep everything uh, neat and organized as far as continuity goes. Hmm. Cuz even the video games that are going to come out now are going to be canon.
1: Interesting. So yeah, I'm wondering and that makes well, things hmm. cool.
0: Really really like it it, it immerses yeah. the regular fan into, into the canon.
1: Well, I like that because then you're seeing I mean, like with the ghost and with rebels, you know, like I, I like the fact that you can have all of these different things for star Wars, but there's a relation, there's some kind of connection and you're just like, "Oh, that's where it connects. And that, you know, that causes this to make sense. You know, and JK Rowling did this with Harry Potter very well. You, cre- and, and the same with star Wars, star Trek, all that you create the world or in star Wars case, the universe, right? You create the construct of the universe and everything must fit within this construct. So there are rules within the construct but within those rules, anything goes right. We, we watch arrow. They've really not done very well as create a construct within the story. So they have four shows now that all are within this DC universe. And instead of saying, here are the boundaries and the rules within our world that we've created here, they really didn't do that. And so they just keep making up new things, um, which does Ooh. cause inconsistency. It causes people to be like, wait a minute, what why did that just happen? And, oh, we didn't like that. So just change the timeline, go back and go back in time and change it. Or yeah,
0: comic book fans are very forgiving with that stuff too.
1: Yeah, I know. So it's causing some problems, right? So if they can create that construct with the star Wars universe, it is going to make everything feel so amazing and it's going to connect everything. And it's going to be like, wow, like I'm starting to really understand. And it pretty much opens up a whole new world of possibilities for stories that could just keep going forever.
0: Yeah, and that, that's kind of one of the big conversations they're going to have once Rogue One comes out mm-hmm. in early 2017. You know, the, the big suits at, at Lucasfilm are going to sit down and discuss what is the future of of our movies. Mm-hmm. We're mapped out until 2020, but beyond that, you know, I, I guess they can do whatever they please. And one mm-hmm. of the conversations now is among fans anyway. And, and Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, didn't really put that fire out. But are we are we going to be done? with the episodes yeah. after episode nine. And they said, that's a conversation we're going to have. But hmm. like, can you imagine star Wars without you know, episode 10 or 11 or 12? Like that, this could be the end.
1: Yeah. I look at it two ways. It would be neat to have more always as long as they're good though. And at the same yeah, time, exactly. Sometimes it's nice to end something and leave it. You know, it's like we, you think of firefly there that's been, oh man, one of the biggest debates of all time, you know, when it comes to, to TV show fandom and all that, Firefly cult classic. What was it? 12 or 13 episodes. I think that actually f- officially got released. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it. And my brother just
0: doesn't let me off the hook for oh, it.
1: It might be 14 <laughs> anyway. No, oh my gosh. What's amazing about that show is it was spectacular. It was well done. It was, I mean, it was brilliance, you know, it got canceled because they didn't have the proper marketing and then the fans came and then it became a cult classic. Well, the, you know, the debate is, is well, my gosh, that was supposed to be a, I think it was a, well, multi-season story arc, basically, that they had had. So the question is, would it have been as amazing? Would fans be raving about it like they are now if it had had its full run? Or is the reason people are ranting about it and raving about it and loving it so much because it didn't get its full run? You know what I mean? Like, it left you wanting more versus, oh my gosh, we beat the dead horse.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a tricky one. A slippery slope, too, because... yeah. What you have is good, so maybe just don't poke that bear.
1: Yeah. So with Star Wars, maybe Episode Nine is all it needs.
0: I don't know. Another thing my, my brother is really hot and heavy on is is go backwards in time. Well, yeah, yeah. that's where the Old Republic comes in. There's yeah, so much to tell. Obi Wan Kenobi makes mention of the fact that you know, for over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the protectors of peace and justice. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's twenty five thousand years. Yeah. They could go a long way back. Yeah. And explore some of that Star Wars completely disconnected from the characters that we know which which would be that would be really brave on on Disney and Lucasfilms behalf to just say you know what we're not going to rely on Darth Vader to market these movies we're not going to rely on Luke and Yoda we're we're done with these people like completely finished we're going to start up star wars again and everybody you've we're we're going to introduce is going to be someone you've never seen before mm. that would be really brave i would love that yeah, it, it could be done right. I, I guess in the end, of it, it, it's it's these stakeholders who just want to get paid. Of course. Are, are, you know, are, are the bean counters going to be okay with allowing the movies to go off in a completely separate direction?
1: Well, see, and you're seeing this now in movies, especially um in the last couple of years and also coming up in 2017, is what sells. The already existing audience. That's who yeah. buys going and trying to market to a brand new audience is extremely risky now because it costs so much to make movies. So what they're doing is they're going to the pre-existing audience. They're bringing out another star Wars movie. They're doing another sequel. They're doing another reboot. It's the same thing over and over because everything, everything is a franchise now. Yeah. So for them to go and do something completely different is a huge risk monetarily. And you know, they're not going to do it.
0: Well, look, we're at transformers five. Now that trailer just came out and not many people like these movies.
1: You know, the first one was awesome. I don't know what happened in the rest of them.
0: <laughs> I, I don't you know care. What? I don't ask anything of these movies other than for robots to beat the crap out of each other. So yeah. as long as they do that, I don't care how outlandish and nonsensical the plot is. And and for the most part, they are. Like you said, the, the first one was, was really cool. Although that scene with Optimus sort of sneaking around the, the backyard near the swimming pool, that was
1: kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it was so funny, though, because it's like this is not normal.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, it really wasn't normal. Yeah, that's not what I expected to see. Yeah. But yeah, that first one was was just such a a blast. Yeah, and the other ones, oh, they got they got weird for a while. And we're at number five. Mm-hmm. And it's a franchise that we you know whenever. whenever I, I guarantee, if you log on to Facebook and look at some page that shared the the trailer, there's going to be a whole string of con- of comments saying, "Oh no, not again!" Yeah, just end this series already. And and, and in fact, they're par- I think it's paramount. They're talking about doing like a a shared universe, like Marvel, like DC, like like Star Wars, huh. with with Transformer properties, which seems kind of ridiculous. But like, huh. yeah, you know, it's a very long way to say that everything is about the franchise now in Hollywood.
1: Didn't Lucas write all nine episodes originally, or that was it story, just a six?
0: <laughs> I think that story kind of changes depending on what he wants you to think. He, he said that you know he he wrote four, five, and six, mm-hmm. which is what we got first. Uh, but he said for him, in order for him to do that, he had to write their backstories so that he could it, it could it would make sense to him where all these characters came from. And then he he went on to say that you know he had uh, ideas for the next trilogy, seven, eight, nine, hmm. and of course the, the last year we we heard all kinds of stuff about acrimonious split between Lucas and uh, Lucasfilm and Disney he he was originally on board as sort of a, an advisor to the creative process for the force awakens but ultimately, they didn't really want him because they felt like maybe he was he was overbearing or his his presence was just uh, too intimidating maybe yeah that if we don't do it George's way we look bad so that relationship just got completely severed and yeah. and George Lucas was really seemed really bitter about it and yeah. sad That's, anyway let's talk about happier things
1: let's do this let's talk about the uh, I don't know give, give me like the top three things that we should be getting pumped about when it comes to Rogue One.
0: I think you should be really pumped about the new characters. Okay, I think they're going to be really, really great. I sounded like Trump there, didn't I? <laughs>
1: Let's make Star Wars great again. That wasn't
0: intentional. I promise. Um, That's great. <laughs> I, I think what is going to be really cool about the, about this movie is is the way they shot it. Just the scale of some some of the. Vehicles and the Death Star. We're gonna to get to see like very. You're gonna to get to see the overpowering might of the Empire, mm. rooted in these visuals that you, you see. You see a Star Destroyer parked over a city in mm. atmosphere, or yeah. you see the. I see a Star Destroyer juxtaposed against against the Death Star, yeah. and you get a real sense of just how big this thing is and how, yeah. you know, how how imposing it must be. That's another thing to really look forward to. And just um, exploring the force and seeing a a new take on the Star Wars galaxy. They've branded this as sort of a war movie slash Mm -hmm. heist, which I'm curious to see how that plays out. It looks like they've just taken every necessary step to make sure it ticks all the boxes for us.
1: That was one thing that I read just recently is that they were saying that this movie is going to be a lot more warlike than anything we've ever seen. And so with that in mind expect that expect that it will be different in that sense that it's not going to be a traditional Star Wars style movie for example it's going to have a very different feel to it but you know to go in with that expectation rather than saying hey like you said we're the lightsabers or you know where's this like that's not going to exist so go in with the expectation that this will be different but it will still be Star Wars and that's what I yeah, read, anyway.
0: we're going to places in this movie that we've already been to especially in a new hope so it's going to feel familiar yet different if I if I can speak out of both sides of my mouth. Uh, but I think another thing to I, listen out for, not so much look out for, is the soundtrack. This is going to be the oh, first yeah. score not done by John Williams. Yeah. So there's a bit of a, a saga in itself with how this soundtrack came together. So originally, Alexandre Desplat was, was scheduled to do the score. Mm. And then because they had extensive reshoots for Rogue One over the course of the summer it bumped when he'd be able to score and that conflicted with his his planned out schedule for i guess this this point in time so he had to bail out of the project disney had to scramble they pulled in michael uh, giacchino who's got a history with lucasfilm and is just one, one of the it guys i guess as far as hollywood composing goes right now and he, he had just a few weeks to score the movie from scratch he didn't uh-huh. want to hear what what G, uh what they what had had planned. Didn't want any of that. He was just going to go. And he, he had an interview recently on in Entertainment Weekly where he essentially said that 95% of, of what we'll hear is new music. And 5% of it will be stuff we know. So I'm really excited to hear and a little bit a, a little bit trepidatious, I won't lie, to hear the first non-John Williams score.
1: Yeah. Huge fan of Michael. I love his music. He's done tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Yeah. Exactly.
0: He, he did the the score for the Medal of Honor video game. Nice. And I remember playing that game you know, years ago now and being struck by that how great that score was. And you know, fast forward to 2016, I go, oh my God, it's the same guy doing the same type of movie. It's, it's a war movie. Yeah, And I remember when he did the war video game. Oh my God, it's, it's going to be, I'm hoping it's going to be really good. Yeah, but I, we'll see.
1: He did the uh, Star Trek trilogy. He was, uh, you know, kind of first moving in with Alias and Lost with J.J. Abrams, which is cool. But no, I like his music. What I'm excited about. Um, oh, so it's funny that you bring that up and I'm, I'm glad he's the one that's going to be doing it. So I actually have high hopes for it because episodes one through six with John Williams. Beautiful every one of them glorious. Every one of them had their own individual style. Every one of them had, you know, I'm mean, just amazing charm. And John Williams is incredible. Episode seven, one piece in there. I loved, I think it was called star killer and it's yeah,
0: very, very sad piece.
1: Yeah. And it is very unique, very amazing. The rest of the album. Yeah, it was all right. It was, it did not stand out to me like all of the other ones have. It didn't stand out to me like, like traditional John Williams. It felt very average and background to me. So, I'm, I know how you feel. Yeah. I'm um, not sad about him not doing this one. I'm actually happy that they're giving it to somebody else, to be honest.
0: And it's an eventuality we have to prepare for on, on a, on a permanent basis. Sure John what? Williams is in, he's in his mid eighties. Yeah. He's, he's scoring episode eight now, but it's crazy.
1: Eighties still composing. I mean, honestly, I'm composing. a musician. I better be doing music when I'm in my eighties.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, we should all be so lucky, right? And yeah. here, here he is working on, on a schedule to, and he was very protective about it too. He he doesn't want anybody <laughs> writing Ray's music. Yeah, he's very protective about about her music. Well, good. So I, I'm glad to see, hear that he's still emotionally invested in this. Yeah. And I I hear what you're saying about the Force Awakens soundtrack. At first, I was very underwhelmed, mm-hmm. and I just kept exposing myself to it over and over and over. And some pieces really emerged as stuff that now I love, like Ray's theme. Now I, I I can't get enough of. Yeah. And the 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 last song of that soundtrack, Jedi Steps, is just it's just wonderful.
1: But I guess yeah, I need to go look, listen to it again.
0: Give it another listen. Yeah, sit down with a nice pair of headphones. Yeah, pour a little glass of scotch or coffee or whatever, <laughs> whatever your 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 poison is. And uh, yeah, yeah, just just enjoy it, it, it. You don't have to deal with the whole two hours of music. It's it's a quick one hour sure. thing.
1: No, I know what you mean though, and you're right. Ray's theme. I need to go listen to that. And I need to listen to the last one um, again because I at first I just I didn't even notice it. And I like to notice, you know, we we used to talk about this. That okay, go way back twenty, gosh, nineteen years ago. I can't believe it's been nineteen years already. Titanic, the music, the soundtrack by James Horner. James Horner made that movie. I mean, the movie was was fine. It was good. Um, You know, it had some funny elements, but it was a really well done movie in many ways. But the music made that movie. It was incredible. And you look at soundtracks in general you know, when people put so much into it and it's like music moves people, it's the emotion behind it. Um, and so that's the one thing is that when I, when I hear soundtracks that I just, well, when I don't hear the soundtracks, that's frustrating, you know, cause I want, I want to be moved by the music within a movie. So we'll see. I, I, I have hopes. I have, I really have hopes for Michael.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if he's, if I wonder if, I don't know what the mindset is at Lucasfilm, if, if they're looking for the guy, once John Williams moves on, or if they're going to just move this around, it's going to be a different guy for every spinoff and the trilogies. Maybe they'll want to have an anchor guy, but who knows? I, every every possibility is open at this point.
1: Well, I know that JJ um, Abrams and, and Michael, uh, I, I cannot pronounce his last name. Is it, is it Giacchino or Giacchino? I don't even know. I, think it's Giacchino. I keep saying one or the other, just so at some point I can say I got it right. I just don't know how to pronounce it. So <laughs> we'll just say, yo, Mikey. Um, anyway, JJ and Michael we have worked together on a lot of stuff. So it is possible that he's kind of using rogue one as a test. Maybe, you know, what do you think? How does it work? How do the fans respond? And, you know, cause like you said, John Williams in his mid eighties, he's going to retire soon. Can JJ bring on Michael to, I mean, let's be real. Let's be like you said, pass the torch from John Williams is a big shoe to fill. And it's those only are, one shoe because uh, John Williams only wears one shoe. He goes barefoot on his other foot. Does he really? No, I'm totally no. kidding. I just said <laughs> a big shoe to fill. I was like, I got to spin a story on this one now. Um, that's I'll, a good I'll, idea. I'll though. one shoe, you. one barefoot. I like that. I'm going to try that in the snow. See how that feels.
0: I mean, but anyway, right though. Like that. I mean, are there any bigger shoes to have to fill? Gosh.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the composing greats. I, yeah, I guess so. You brought up transformers and that was um, uh, Jablonski, Steve Jablonski who composed that. And, it sounded very Hans Zimmerish, and everyone's like, is that Hans Zimmer? And it was the same kind of thing where, you know, Hans Zimmer. Oh, he's a composer. Great. Right. We know that. Um, who's this Steve Jablonski guy? He sounds like him, but we've never heard of him. And actually Steve was mentored by Hans. So you uh-huh. do hear a lot of that same style. And I think that's actually kind of a cool thing, you know, mentor some people. Yeah, they're going to have similar style. That's okay. Have some style of your own, but then it allows that person to come in and become their own in situations like, john williams i mean how cool would it be for for michael to be mentored a little bit by john I'm, i mean michael's a great of his own but you know what i mean like have yeah. a little bit of a john williams mentorship just to kind of say hey i want you to take over star wars when when i retire here's some pointers <laughs> you know or whatever here's some some wisdom
0: yeah and well, so hans zimmers he, he said he's done with superhero movies now whether he sticks to that who knows <laughs> but he's not everybody's cup of tea but he is somebody's cup of tea. So yeah, there, there should be somebody to kind of pick up his mantle. Yeah. I like his stuff. I've enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the uh, Batman versus Superman soundtrack. Mm -hmm.
1: I did too. And he's doing wonder woman and all that. So he's doing some of those, but (sighs) yeah, we'll see. Good times, man. This is good. I appreciate this discussion. All right. Well, I know we got to, we need to wrap up here, but uh, what, what else do you want to share about rogue one before we jump off? Well,
0: the, the, what you really need to know, if if anybody's listening who's a casual fan of Star Wars and is is not really sure what this is about, it, just read the opening crawl for *A New Hope*. And there's a couple lines in there saying, uh, "Rebel spies striking from a secret base have stolen uh, the the secret the plans to the Empire's you know, battle station, the Death Star." That's what this movie is about. It's it's a, it's essentially a heist movie, stealing the, these super top secret plans and getting them into the hands of the people who eventually destroy the Death Star in, in A New Hope. And nice. I guess if there's any, anything else I, I would want people to know, is there's, there is some confusion, believe it or not. For us huge fans, it seems absurd, but uh, not everybody is huge into Star Wars, and that's fine. This movie is not Episode Eight. There's a lot of people out there thinking that this movie is the sequel to The Force Awakens.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: Yeah, like for us, it seems what? How? how are you? Yeah. What? What rock are you living under? But it's, you know, like I said, not everybody is as deep into Star Wars as the rest of us. Yeah, and so no, this movie is actually the first of the anthology movies, as Lucasfilm is now calling them, and they're they're spinoffs. They're stories from you know, places or characters that we already know, but that stand apart from you know, episodes one through seven. So j- yeah. I, that's just one thing I wanted to put out there because uh, yeah. I, I have encountered personally a couple of people like that saying, Oh, it's not like, yeah, I guess not. I, you know, I I thought that brown haired girl was, was Ray, but it didn't look like her. I thought maybe they recast
1: the role. Hmm. No, 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 no. Interesting. You know, you're right. We do take it for granted, you know, for fans of star Wars or any other fandom for that matter, you know, you do take for granted what you already know. And for people who have no idea what's going on, they're, they're like, man, I, I'm not following you guys. So no, I appreciate you saying that.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was at a toy store not too long ago. Actually, no, this is going back to The Force Awakens and the toys had just hit the shelves for the, for the for the for the line and there was this little guy who's about 7 years old and he's standing there and he's looking at all the all the action figures and he's like, "Mom, look at check it out." And she comes over and she was, I think she was having a bad day cuz she seemed really grumpy. But she's like, "Ah, oh, not Star Wars again. When is it when is this going to go away?" <laughs> Like she, and she meant it. She wasn't just being sarcastic and jokey. She seemed really <laughs> not pleased. And I, I didn't want to engage with her. But in my mind, I'm like, lady, it's never going away. <laughs> yeah. Get you get used to this.
1: That's a good point. If you don't like Star Wars, it's okay. But you know what's cool is we had a conversation that, yes, it was centered around Star Wars. But we had a lot of other things in there that I, I know people would find interesting whether or not they watch Star Wars. Some really cool stuff in there. That, that's yeah, we going kind of on, we so. kind of
0: praised Batman versus Superman, so that might uh, that might that might earn us a bit of flack. Yeah, I might lose all my <laughs> listeners
1: now. What? What?
0: How dare you like that movie? Yeah. Tell me, do you believe the, the sun will come up tomorrow if we like that movie? I assure you, <laughs> oh. it will not impact your life.
1: I heard a quote from somebody, and it was pretty funny. It's like acting's not that hard. Just ask Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, actually, I thought he did one of the best jobs of any I of think, the Batmans I've seen so far. I think he is the best Batman. I actually kind of have to say so, because I know granted the Michael Keaton Batman, there's charm. He's not the best, but there's charm, right? He was fun uh, because it's a Tim Burton ish thing and it was all good. And I didn't mind Christian Bale, but that's all we knew. You know, yeah, Christian Bale was good. Yeah, I would say he was even really good. Yeah, but I think
0: I think Ben Affleck is he was almost born to play Bruce Wayne. That's true. Slash Batman. He really, he just looks the part
1: he does. You know, and it's, what's funny is I saw the accountant, which I loved by the way, was was like pleasantly, extraordinarily surprised by that movie. Um, and he did a really, really good job of playing a a person with autism. I mean, oh my gosh, I thought, holy crap. He really got that talented
0: guy. He gets a lot of flack for some of the stuff he did when he was with, uh, with Jennifer Lopez and some, some really corny stuff,
1: but But he's got talent. Call that agent problems. His, his agents at the time failed him, not necessarily he failed himself.
0: Yeah, but and he's also, to me, he's kind of a, a cartoon. <laughs> my, my Every time I see Ben Affleck, I think of Mallrats. Oh, yeah. That that really awful dork he played in that. He wasn't even a dork. He was a, he was a major jerk in that movie. I could use stronger language, but I won't. But <laughs> Yeah.
1: No, I, you know, that's I never the character saw I that. Picture.
0: So, oh, it was, it's funny. Yeah. Interesting. I was howling.
1: Watching that movie. <laughs> wait, Mallrats did who, who does, who directed that? That's Kevin Smith. Well, so no wonder that was Kevin Smith that said it doesn't take talent to act. Just ask. <laughs> no wonder he was hacking him. Yep, oh, there, there you go. That makes sense. Cause I was like, wait a minute. Wasn't that Kevin? Yeah, that was Kevin Smith that said that. Oh, anyway. I,
0: I love Kevin Smith. He gets, he gets banged on a lot for some of the weird choices in, uh, of movies he makes, but yeah. I,
1: I love him. I heard him speak at podcast movement um, this last year and I'll tell you what, it was a, a fascinating conversation. And what was interesting is he's probably the foulest person I've ever heard ever. Oh yeah. Um, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> like I, but you know what he's beneath that, all the, those expletives and, and the total ob- ob- obscene nature of where, of where he goes He's a big softy. Well, and get, that's, him, get him talking about his daughter and he'll start blubbering.
1: And that was, what was interesting is, um, you know, a lot of people walked out, said they were just totally offended by what he was saying, which, you know, I, I can see where they're coming from. Cause they, he, he shared some stuff that I was like, mm, yeah, this is not the audience for you to be sharing that. He's got good things to say. Like you said, underneath all of that image, he's got good things to say. And I, I, some of the wisdom that came forth from him, shockingly, I gotta be honest. I was, I was completely shocked that he had so much wisdom to share. It was very interesting. Yeah,
0: there's, there's a lot of passion and honesty from that guy. I got, I have all the time in the, in the world for, for Kevin Smith.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting to, to hear kind of the stuff he's learned along the way and, and how he tells stories and, you know, regardless of whether or not you like his stuff, it's brilliant how he does it and what he does with it. Even though like, I'm not a fan of his genre either. His movies aren't the kind of movies I'm going to go watch personally, but his new his newest ones are completely bizarre. Yeah, I, but again, I, I I like his methods. It's interesting. It's very fast, and he goes against the grain, and I love that. So, and actually, some things that he said at Podcast Movement was uh, a little bit of an inspiration and a kick in the butt to launch the Real Brian Show and doing why I'm why I'm doing what I'm doing. So interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 not for Kevin Smith, there'd be no Tumbling Saber Podcast. There, there was a few people, there and you're you you're one of them. So you, well, Kevin that, Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there there were people that you know three or four people, and you and you and Kevin Smith are two of them. That I finally said, I, I have to do this. I have to. I have to get a podcast going. The people are. It, everybody's telling me I need to do it because it, it. because you can. Yeah, you're passionate about something. Get it out there. So I, so I did, and I'm 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 so glad I did.
1: Well, but I'm I'm have, glad. Have, have you, you did noticed?
0: Too. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Have you Have you noticed that Kevin Smith has been directing
1: some of that DC universe stuff on TV? Uh yeah, I did actually. In fact, didn't he direct? He just directed he's, one of the episodes either this last week or the week before or something like that.
0: And I saw flash, him. Flash, I believe. And Supergirl.
1: Yeah, because I saw him uh, in a picture with Melissa Benoist, who you know plays Supergirl.
0: Yeah, so he's he's all over that universe on, on the small screen anyway.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that was that was fascinating. Well, I'm going to give Kevin a call and be like, dude, do you realize that you and I are, are two of the four people responsible for the Tumbling Saber podcast?
0: Send him my way. Once you're done with him, I, I would be eternally grateful. Just interview him. Yeah, I, I'd love yeah. to have a five minute chat with him.
1: Let's do it. Let's. Uh, I, I think we should just give him a call because you know what? You would never know.
0: <laughs> Worst he can do is not reply, which 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 is what he did to me.
1: <laughs> I, it would be hard though because I you know as much as I'd love to have him on the Real Brian Show, I'd have to say, dude, this is a clean podcast. So, um, can you or am I going to be editing everything?
0: <laughs> yeah, he. I don't. I think he would just be honest with you and say, I, I my brand is the obscenity. Yeah. Sorry,
1: it would just be like one giant long beep. <laughs> yep yep <laughs> it's so funny kyle thank you man this was fun i appreciate it i i really have enjoyed chatting about you know star wars and rogue one and all kinds of other things too That was that was anytime really time. man yeah so when we see rogue one i'm going on the 18th um i'm assuming you're going thursday
0: i'm going thursday night okay. there's a whole story about the, the ticket kerfuffle <laughs> yes <laughs> i i stayed up till two in the morning waiting for the ticket system here in canada to to work and it never did and I I got up after three hours of sleep to make sure I got uh, got my tickets.
1: I'm glad you got your tickets though, because that uh, things were a little different here. They the theater that I normally go to, you know, you reserve your seats anyway, which I like. But they said it would be on at 12:01 a.m. and I actually spaced it, which was my own fault. But then I found out later that they they opened it up at 10 p.m. the night before. Oh, and um, it was a little bit of a didn't tell. They told certain people and didn't tell other people. And so the uh, seats almost completely for the entire weekend, almost completely sold out within 30 minutes. Oh and um, so I, you know, Thursday was gone. Friday was gone. Saturday was gone. I'm like, you've got to be, and, and I got in it, uh, you know, 9am the next morning. So it's not like I was waiting days later. I mean, we're talking hours after they opened, but thankfully we got, you know, a couple of decent seats on Sunday night, you know, in our big IMAX theater. So that's, well, that's good. good. <laughs> but, you know, not the greatest in the world, but they were, uh, it's not my ideal seats, but they're not bad. So, uh, but man, I was just like, wow, that, that was botched kind of how they, it I, was botched yeah, everywhere.
0: <laughs> and I, I, I was so tired on the Monday morning after getting tickets. So I was at the office and I'm messaging my brother saying, yeah, we got tickets for Saturday night. Just not even thinking about it because I, I also bought a second pair of tickets for Saturday night. I, I'm going to go with my wife. Nice. So my brother almost had an absolute stroke. <laughs> Sa- Saturday, Saturday. Night. What do you mean Saturday? We're like Oh, I know we're not seeing it opening night or the Friday, Saturday, the third night. He, like he was, I, I wasn't talking to him, but I could feel just the, the high blood pressure through the Facebook stream. Yeah.
1: Breathe, breathe, breathe that I will not just, just a warning. I will not be on social media at all Thursday through, uh, basically until I see the movie Sunday night. So don't expect <laughs> expect to hear from me at all because i do not want spoilers i don't want to hear anything at all i want to i want to go unsurprised and then uh, as of sunday night i'll resume and then we'll we'll chat we'll chat
0: you, you know what's funny uh, and i guess i guess we can end on, on this one the the press junket the the full court press has started and somebody asked if there's going to be a sequel to rogue one and it's just oh sort God. of this weird what do you mean lucasfilm yeah. said no there's no, we don't have a plan for a sequel for Rogue One. And then fandom said it was just like all, almost in unison. Yeah, there is a sequel to Rogue One. It's, it's called, called the A New Hope. Hope yeah. And it's 40 years old. <laughs> I know. I just what a dumb say. question.
1: I know. Is there going to be a sequel? Um, uh, how, how do you respond to that in a
0: nice way? <laughs> I, I think maybe what the person meant was, will there be more spinoffs? Like, are we going to get... A spin-off movie based on this blind force guy.
1: Or it's well, okay, that would make sense. Or it's a, you know, a you know, it like you brought up earlier, some people are less Star Wars fans or not Star Wars fans at all. They thought this was episode eight. To be fair, some people don't understand that. That's, that's a hard one, right? Like what were they just kind of naive, they didn't know, or or like you said, were they trying to spin off from, you know, blind stick man? Or were they trying to spin <laughs> off from like, is there gonna be a Han Solo movie? Or as Chewbacca said last week, you know, that he's trying to push for his own, his own movie about just him, um, not translated into English. It's going to be completely Wookiee, Wookiee. I'll still see it. Yeah. See, and, and he's pushing for it, you know, not, not too much hope right now, but we'll see. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, all, all, all avenues are open and I, and I'm, I'm really excited for the future of star Wars. I agree. My bank account doesn't agree with me, but that's I, why I, you work. I, I'm the boss.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's why you have a job bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> Well, you know, maybe you'll learn some heist uh, moves in this movie. And uh, at the end of rogue one, maybe you'll have some ways to, you know, continue your star Wars love without having to hurt your bank account.
0: Yeah. I I, I am not above crime. (laughs) (laughs) Did I just say that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: Kyle, thanks for star
0: Wars. I will commit crime. Thank you, Brian. I had had a blast.
1: (laughs) It was fun, man. I am so excited about rogue one. You know, it's funny. I, I love movies, I mean, some of you know that about me, but for me, it's not just about watching a movie. You know, like I'll see people go to a theater and they'll sit alone and they'll watch a movie. And that's fine, right? Each his own or her own. I kind of look at it like for me, it's it's the experience. And for me, it's about getting together. Of course, being an extrovert, I like that. And I like to say, all right, guys or girls or everybody, let's go to the movie. Let's enjoy the experience. you know, let's have fun. So we get to talk about it, we get to hang out. You know, there's the 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 good theater, of course. Um, there's sometimes going out for coffee or food before or afterwards, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's just kind of whatever works out. But for me, it's about the experience, not just about the movie. And we have this amazing theater that they just built. I think it was a little over a year ago now. And I mean, some of, some of you have those theaters already and that's great. This was our first one here, but you know, it's the state. Yes. The stadium seating. I think that's pretty much every theater now, but it's the recliners, you know, the leather chair recliners that you can, Oh. Man, they're so comfortable. It's literally like sitting at home in your own, you know, comfortable couch or recliner or whatever you have. And then they have this little, you know, table thing that you can swivel swivel over and they serve food. So yes, there's the popcorn, but there's also, you know, the full on food. And and actually, I think ours serves alcohol and they've got, you know, frappuccinos and all kinds of stuff. So people just make it an experience. And then, of course, one of the screens in the uh, one of the auditoriums is a full IMAX size. Wow, and they have the subs, you know, under the seats in the floor. (laughs) Oh, it's so much fun. I'm telling you, it's exciting. I can't even go back to those old theaters anymore. They're so uncomfortable. The screens are terrible. The sounds bad. I mean, it's just you just can't do it. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. All right. So I wanted to bring up something here, and I kind of brought this up at the beginning of the show, but I wasn't quite sure. This is not necessarily a social issue per se. I know I like to bring these things up, but it does involve how we do things socially. So maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm not necessarily having my personal opinion per se. It's more of observations. And then uh, I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are because I'm kind of curious here. But have you ever noticed and maybe I'm noticing it more because it's the holidays right now. Everybody seems to really dress up in their best. They put on their best face, their best attitudes their best foot forward. I mean, you know, you name it, right? and I know this happens at other times in the year too, but I just, again, it's something I've been noticing right now. It's holidays. Everything's magical. You know, there's twinkle lights and there's snow and everybody's dressed up in perfect clothing. And you know, could we all go on a sleigh ride and have hot chocolate or whatever the heck you drink eggnog or, and and I was, I was thinking about it. And and first of all, it's cool. That's I have no problem with it. It was just more of an observation, but what I thought, because you know, we've been to a, a number of Christmas and holiday parties, And I started to think about this and I realized people are coming in and they're, you know, (laughs) how are you today? Oh, it's so good to see you. You know what I mean? Right. And they put on their best clothes and they're smiling and how are you? Oh, I'm great. Everything's perfect. You know, and of course the houses that people host these parties at are just gorgeous and beautiful and probably cost a million dollars. You know, you know what I mean? And again, nothing wrong with this, but I started to think about where's the line between being respectful I'm going to dress nice. I want to respect others. And I'm, you know, I want to make my house look nice if I'm going to host something. Where's the line between that? That's all good. And then just being flat out fake, you know, being a podcaster, being an entrepreneur, I don't have to do a lot of in person meetings anymore. And so my wardrobe is very much, you know, hey, I'm in gym shorts and a t shirt when I'm podcasting and doing other things because why not? Right? I don't need to dress up for the microphone. Although sometimes I know it gets a little offended here and I'm sorry. Uh, It's okay. But I will say that, you know, when I go out for meetings, of course I want to look nice. I want to be respectful, but then, you know, I've mentioned this. I like to go to a coffee shop, do some work, have some creative time. Oh my gosh, with that cold brew now that, that nitro, I'm just going to go there and I'm going to put on my headphones. I'm going to listen to some good music and I'm going to drink that nitro cold brew and I'm going to get creative. (sighs) It's going to be so fun. But I don't dress up for that. And especially if I'm riding my bike, I'm not, you know, in nice jeans and dress shoes and, you know, a nice shirt or even nice, nice slacks or whatever, you know, in a sport coat, riding my bike. That's kind of just, I I don't know. That's weird, right? And if I'm working, but then again, then again, I'm reading about all this stuff that's saying that if you are dressed down and cl- let me clarify dress down, right? You're in, uh, I don't know, uh, well, gym shorts, let's say that. Or maybe you're in like a workout pants or or, uh, yoga pants or I I don't know. What what does everybody wear? Like, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Comfortable stuff. Let's go there. Hoodies, T-shirts, hat. You look a little unkept or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you didn't even shower. Maybe you're a night shower. Who cares, right? But the point is everybody does it. Everybody has different things. But you ever notice that if you're dressed down like that, that people kind of ignore you and you don't get treated as well. And maybe you don't have as much respect. I've noticed that a lot. Like if I go into any kind of a a retail establishment, whether it be a coffee shop or a store or a restaurant or whatever, when I'm dressed down, I get less attention, less respect, less service. I mean, you name it. It's very rare that I'll actually get the same level of respect and attention that if I were dressed up, it's very rare. Same kind of thing. So if you're dressed up and I'm not even talking about in a suit or, or a nice dress or whatever, I'm talking about, you know, you just look nice. You have a nice pair of jeans on, even a nice pair of shoes and a nice shirt, so on, whatever. You get better service. People tend to notice you. They might even double take you. They acknowledge you. They smile at you. You ever notice that? I've actually done tests in the past and I have determined that it is 100% true, 100% of the time, unless you know the person. But I started to think, is there a way to dress in a way that is respectful? Most of the time, whenever I'm out, I do have a nice pair of pants and, and a shirt on and that kind of thing, and yet still be comfortable while I'm working or just out doing my thing. Because again, let's face it, people notice you more, they respect you more, and they pay attention to you more, and they whatever, when you look better. I'm talking about you talking know, like about how you present yourself, right? So... I'm curious to know what your thoughts are, what your experiences have been, because again, I'm looking, where's the line between being respectful and then being fake. And then also, if any of you know of any kind of like, is there a way to, to look nice and yet still be very comfortable? I'm just curious. I'm I'm really, really curious about this because it's been again. Yes. So yes, I guess this is a social issue in the sense of how you're viewed. Um, just because let's face it, first impressions, people don't know who you are. You know, they don't know if they like you or not, but their first initial impression Uh, is what you look like. And also, ooh, and this one's something that, well, I've known my whole life. I've not always practiced. I've failed at this a lot, Uh, uh, but I was just reading an interesting article that was talking about the importance of our attitude. (laughs) And yeah, what we portray is what draws or pushes people away, right? Duh. Well, if you're having a bad day, you're probably not smiling when you're out. You're probably not even really thinking beyond yourself. You're probably only thinking about how miserable things are and, and thinking about yourself, right? Or when you're just dealing with a situation or you're stressed out or you're busy or whatever, and all you're doing is you, you may be kind of doing that, uh, uh grimace, you know, uh, kind of attitude. This article appropriately said, nobody, and I repeat, nobody wants to be around that attitude. And that was like slap right in my face, Brian. Oh, I have bad days, I have struggles, I have stress, so do we all, and I notice that, yeah, if I'm I'm allowing myself to reflect my attitude one way or the other, but if it's a bad attitude, nobody wants to be around the real Brian. Everybody's like, you know the real Brian? You suck, man. Go away. Yeah, it's a sad day. But when the real Brian is happy, and also refers to himself appropriately in the third person because... Why not? People seem to be drawn to the real Brian. People smile at the real Brian. The real Brian smiles back and everybody's happy. Joy fills the room on both sides and the world goes on in a happy state. Wars cease. People celebrate. It's like Christmas every day. So one thing that I was, again, reminded by, again, this isn't new to me, but it was a reminder and it was a little bit of a challenge is people that I don't know Don't care about whether I'm having a good day or a bad day. It's a first impression. I talked about this with unleash the superhero moments. Why can't we smile at others? You know, somebody's in a rush. Let them go first. The rage quit thing. Somebody's having a, well, whatever, right? Oh, you guys sucked on my team. It's horrible, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Relax. It's just a game. We get super critical of our TV shows on our podcasts. Relax. It's a TV show. It's all entertainment. It doesn't even matter. Christmas, people are busy shopping, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Relax. Enjoy the season. Stop. Look at the lights. Have some cheer. Like, wow, that's a beautiful light display, you know? Have a favorite food or drink. Enjoy yourself. You know, just relax a little bit. And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to all of us, you know, because it's just a good reminder, reading this article this time of year, that, yes, present yourself in a way that is respectful of others. I've heard somebody say this, you know, I don't care what people think about me. And I said, you know, that's a a healthy place to be because when you care about what people think about you, you tend to allow that person to own you, right? But that person went on to say, I care so little about what people think about me that I could give a rats behind basically whether or not I offend that person. And I went, oh, okay, that's too far. That's just too far, right? So don't care about what other people think. Don't let other people control you. But when you're going as far to say as I don't care if I offend the person, really? Well, I'm offended by that. So anyway, that's that's been kind of my challenge. It was very interesting as the idea of I'm going to present myself well, not just in how I look. You know, take a shower, smell nice, put on clothes that are respectful. Duh. I mean, this isn't anything new. But don't let it own you. Don't let it own you to be the point of being fake. And uh, don't go as far as to say, I don't care if I offend someone else either, right? So that was interesting. You know, reading that article, noticing everybody that was uh, putting on their best right now and everything else and and just kind of being, just having a moment of of reflection and saying, hmm, what do I do? How do I handle this? Maybe I should put on some nicer clothes while I'm out working at a coffee shop. Maybe I should smile and, and make sure that, you know, well, what is it, right? You choose your attitude. Things sort of follow suit, even if circumstances are bad. All right. Anyway, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one because, I—I like I said, that's just my observations. That's been my experiences, but love to hear your experiences. And then, if you really want to have some fun, do an experiment. Go out, you know, dressed in, uh, I don't know, a wife beater and cut off jeans or something like that or, uh, you know, just sweatpants or just, just go out. Trust me. Go out. Do that. Go to different stores. Go to coffee shops. See what kind of treatment you get. Uh, And then go out dressed and really nice, like look like you're rich and that you're super successful and see how they treat you. It's kind of funny. Okay. I'm done with that. Well, anyway, I just wanted to say a special thank you once again to Emily O'Leary for writing the blog posts every week. She does such a great job. She puts her own spin on it. Do go check it out. Do go to realbryanshow.com and check out what she does because it's great stuff. It really is. I mean, she's a fantastic writer and I love the fact that she does all this and also to Josh Rivers who does such an awesome job of grabbing all these clips and allowing me to be able to interview these amazing people like Han Solo and Yoda and Chewbacca and all that next week like I said I'm going to bring on I didn't tell you this already Oh, oh oh I'm excited next week joining me from the North Pole will be Buddy the Elf here on the real Brian show I'm so excited it's gonna be amazing and Josh he's the man I, like I said, go to my favorite coffee shop, put in my earphones, turn on the music, drink a nitro cold brew, let the creativity flow. And he makes the magic happen by pulling all of those clips together for me. Oh, can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So thank you, Josh. It's amazing. PodcastGuyMedia.com. Check him out. So like I said, we're going to wrap up 2016 next week with Nicholas McCarthy. Very excited. What an inspiring story really. And I want this to be something that you just kind of leave, you know, 2016 going, wow, that was amazing. That was so good. So that's what I want to do next week. And like I said, we'll have buddy, the elephant. We'll talk about some other stuff. Of course, we'll wrap it up, take the week after Christmas off. So the week of the 26th and then come back in the first week of January. But thank you so much for joining me. Please go to the real show.com. Join that Facebook group. Oh, I would love to communicate with you, not just talking to you. And for those of you I already know, I'd love to, you know, chat with you even more. So let's have some fun. Have a phenomenal week. I'm the Real Brian. Sign it off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.